is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies, Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I'm Alex. I'm Gabby. And we're back, back already. Guys, we're so sorry for the hiatus we took. It's okay. Yeah. Life happens. As yeah. you guys know, we're super busy and our personal lives are going crazy, but we're back. Yes. And, and everything's know, under control. So we're good. Everything is a-okay. And we couldn't be better right now. I mean, hello, seriously. If you guys were to see where we're at <laughs> yeah. and what we're consuming, you guys will be so jealous. We're consuming food, drinks. But like amazing, like delicious Mexican food. And it looks all like very like... Fancy. It's very sexy food. Very sexy food. Yeah. I say that a lot, right? How you been, though? I've been good. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I haven't seen you in forever. It's been like I know. three weeks. And that's a it, pretty long time for us now. That's a pretty long time. Yeah. But we did need a little break. And um, I think for creativity, sometimes it's positive. Absolutely. It keeps us just like kind of like, okay, take a little break. And then we come back even stronger. And we came up with a pretty few good ideas during that time too we did and we're getting ready to like also celebrate a year congrats tomorrow yes april 26th was the first time we ever launched an episode i think we're like down to like 40 Uh plus episodes now um it started from an idea and now we're here a year in and i'm so happy to have connected we are so happy to have connected with all of you guys over the past year we've met so many amazing listeners met so many great people interviewed amazing females and males Yes. Well, we had one male who obviously is so pro-female that everyone loved him. But yeah, we've been doing so much. And even last month, we had so many events. Um, Speaking of, Women's Month was incredible. We had two amazing events. Um, during We did an amazing event, Honor Your Code with Cavassier, where they so graciously honored us. And there we met amazing, two amazing women. One of them who was also honored with us and who is here with us today, Anout, 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 Anout. Oh my God! Even spelling it out, it didn't work, girl. It was. It's all good. It's all good. Yes, and you were honored with us, and we were so happy to be there alongside you. It was such an incredible moment, wasn't it? It was, and I am so honored to have been honored with you and be here with you guys now. Amazing! And you're so in a real estate maven with over. 10 years of experience. It's been a minute. You're running your own blog, which we'll get into later. You're into philanthropy here in South Florida, which is amazing. Um, and that's part of why you are being honored. Um, and then also we have the incredible Zara Bates. Hello. Hi. Who is the national brand ambassador at Cavassier. And also you've been featured in Food Network and also at on the Cooking Channel for your skills in cocktail making. I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> get those secrets. And um, so we're excited to have both of them today. We're going to get into a little conversation. So cheers, ladies. Yes, cheers. We're kicking it off with cheers. obviously some Cavassier in the house. Cheers. Let's sip it, sip it. it By the way, really we good. are recording Delicious. this on really, video. Really so no pressure, ladies. <laughs> You know, it's easy to do the audio thing, but once there's video involved, you got to start sucking your gut. But what I really love about Cavassier and the whole event and Honor Your Code is really what 
the brand stands by and some of the quotes that stood out to us were, if you don't stand for something, you don't stand a chance. And another one was a code makes sure your ascent is guided by something bigger than hunger and ambition, something bigger than yourself. How have both of you been able to figure out your code and that essence that keeps propelling you forward? What is your code? My code is really imbued in my family. And I think I, I think a lot of us have that. Um, I was lucky enough that my father, when I turned 13, is a tradition in his family that uh, when you become an adult, which is when you like turn 13, you go on a long walk with your father. And during that time, uh, my father told me what it meant to be a Bates. That's my last name. Um, what it meant to be a responsible member of society, how um, you should never change yourself because of how somebody else acts towards you because there are so many other people, but there's only one you. You should always stand true to that. That's beautiful. And then I got to taste my first little bit of uh, booze. It was <laughs> <laughs> happened to be uh, Jim Beam white label at the time. So I I feel like it was serendipitous. At 13? It's part of it. Yes, it's a tradition. Oh, I think I'm oh, a like low-key part of it's your... It's a tradition that oh. one sip, you get your a sip of oh, your father's. Yes, okay. so it's one sip and that's part of the kind of coming into the age of adulthood. And it was just a very special moment as well, just being able to go on that walk with your father and that's really beautiful. get That's the, a really beautiful tradition to have mm, with your dad. So beautiful. Yeah. And you, Miss Chanute? That's a hard act to follow. That was really <laughs> nice. Um, but I relate a lot to your answer. Um, I think that my code, uh, who I am as a person, is really uh, weaved in with my family. Um, my family, of course, are immigrants. That um, Half of my family, Cuban, the other half, Nicaraguan, Yay. which we just discovered yeah we have that in common um and both of them went through a lot to get here and um they did everything that they possibly could to make a better life for the next generations and I know that we hear that a lot in Miami because a lot of the people in Miami have similar stories um but that really is what what drives me and and the will that my parents had, the will that my grandparents had on both sides to really make something better of not only their lives, but of their legacy and, you know, the generations to follow is something that I, I want to do as well. So that's really what, what drives me and pushes me forward. And where are you from, Zara? Like, what's your background? My father's American, hence the Bates, um, and my mother is Moroccan. Ooh, yes. ooh, exotic. <laughs> Did you live in Morocco? I have been. You have? Yes. Okay. It is a love-hate relationship. I love my family. I love everything about the country and the culture. But also it is a country that definitely, when you think about um, women and, and the right to do whatever you want, like whenever I go and visit and I can't really go to a coffee shop by myself. And to be fair, that's not the to say that's the way it is in the big cities, but in the small town that my mom is from, definitely you have to go with like a chaperone. Okay. And wow. You so guys have amazing food too. The food is delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so back to the code, our listeners, okay, sometimes you just can't really find that code in you. What would you think or say could be a way to like kind of identify the code and live by it? And try to live like your most authentic life by those morals or that 
thing that keeps propelling you? I think that for everyone, it's different because everyone's story is different. Um, I think for me, what has helped me do that is keep sight on what's important to me. So for example, my family, which is what we just spoke about. Um, the core values that my family instilled in me were, were honesty, being kind to people, um, doing good for the community, helping, being generous. So um, growing up, I thought that that was how everybody was. I thought that that was just, you know, normal. Um, as I kind of started going into adulthood, I saw that that wasn't necessarily the case. So um, I think that I really held on to something that what I learned as, you know, as a child and growing up and said, I actually love that. And I want to de uh, dig deeper into what that entailed for my family. Um, so I think that just searching, being authentic, seeking your truth, looking for whatever that is, whatever it is that, that calls your soul, your spirit, that makes you really excited, there's something there. So it, it's like a little nugget that God or the universe gives you. It's like a little clue. So I think that by following whatever that is and, and where that takes you, that's kind of like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And it's just kind of following that, listening to your intuition and then finding what the core message or value is there and then just kind of developing it. I have a very analytical approach, which is that was like definitely the um, artist's approach, because I think, as you said, everyone is different. We all have to find our own path. But um, I use a very specific approach that has been used from Hellenic times uh, to now still being used by Pulitzer Prize winning journalists. And it's the critical thought process. It's about um, looking at yourself objectively. So no matter what answer you come to, you know that, and it's not easy because you have to face yourself in the mirror mm -hmm. and ask yourself the hard questions of who, what, where, when, why, and how you got to where you are now. If you are unhappy, asking yourself those questions of why the who, what, where, why, and how that got to you to being unhappy at the moment, but also the who, what, where, when, why, and how of what brought you joy at your youngest memory. And following the path of those things that you would spend hours doing as a child and seeing how you can find ways to connect those dots to your adult path instead of just thinking that you can't do that anymore. Because you can, there's so many things that you can continue to do. Even do you recall as a child remembering that. like something you were really passionate about? Oh my gosh. I used to, I loved art. I would just, when my parents would take me to a museum, I would wander and just stay there for hours, hours at a time. They would have to drag me out. And I loved food. That, that was the one thing that my parents knew when we, we would go to really fine dining restaurants and they would always tell me, if you are really good, if you don't cry or whine, then at the end of the meal, you can pick out any dessert that you want. And they would roll like really fine dining restaurant where it had the, the dessert the cart. cart. They would roll the cart Ooh. out and I would always go for the biggest one that had the most layers. Because <laughs> I just love the colors. Oh my God. That's a good way to choose. I was I ended up being I was always so polite and quiet, always said please and thank you, just so I could get that dessert. <laughs> <laughs> you had the eye on the prize. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. So you're saying then taking it back to when you were young and what like fueled you mm -hmm. and made you just come alive. Mm -hmm. Yes. So agree to that. 
and really look right. look at that angle intensely because those are the things that is unshakable because right. it was a fact that you didn't have to talk yourself into anything. Right. I think that that hits it, home for us yeah. because I feel like you and I have been really passionate about what we've done our whole entire lives. So that, you know, we we took Do it you from, recall yes, like, I re- loving like this side of like can I the tell artistic you, Can side? I tell you guys the story of how yes. I knew what I wanted to do? Yeah. So my mom entered a contest or somebody entered her into a contest. It was Univision, I think. And it was for Mother of the Year. So she ended up winning Mother of the Year. They came to interview us at our house and they spent the entire day with us. And I fell in love with production that way. Just seeing the cameras. And it was never about being How in front of you? the cameras. I was eight. But it was never... No, I'm sorry. I was not eight. I was 10. But it was never about being in front of the camera for me. It was always being behind the camera. Mm. And that's the day that I fell in love with production and television and like the news anchor and the whole TV thing. And the following year, my mom saw that passion in me. And she put me in broadcasting school Wow, I love it. Yeah, in sixth grade, she's like, "Well, you're gonna That's take beautiful. you to broadcasting that school and have you try out." And yeah, I I was very shy as I have been most of my life. Um, but they they gave me an opportunity because they only like let in like I don't know it was like only ten of us per year into the school, and I don't know I just fell in love with it even more, and I just never gave up. Beauty. So sticking to that, right? I mean, I recall too, when I was young, I was like uh, in elementary, I used to do the weather and what we were going to have for lunch and like the little production team that we would have. I I was in elementary school doing that. And then through high school, I would be reporting. And so I always liked interviewing people and connecting with people. I think that really, I love, I'm curious. I I love, I have so much curiosity. I'm like, wowed by people's stories I love to hear how similar we all are at the end of the day no matter where you come from I feel like we all want the same things and we all thrive and want love and and want to make our family proud and no matter what culture you are it's the Mm -hmm, same thing mm -hmm. so I love I love those triumphant stories of people that just never gave up so I love connecting with women like you guys because it's like wow it just inspires me and I feel like I can connect with people. That's one of, mm-hmm. I feel like one of my gifts. You're definitely very yes. warm and welcome. She is. <laughs> For She's sure. really good at also like carrying in conversation and just mm-hmm. being very authentic about everything. So then you're saying, Zara, that when you find that niche, you grab onto it. You find out what you did for hours. Then you figure out how you can make that work in your adult life. And there is always something that look at the world we live in today. There are so many things that are available that we didn't know. Just the information age. I didn't know that this job that I do now was an actual job Mm -hmm. when I was young. And yet I use all of the things that I loved as a child to do the job that I do. Well, I really relate to that because kind of to add on to your stories, when I was um, small, I used to put on shows for my family. So it was like a dance show at every holiday party, every, I mean, a baby shower. And my family would really encourage it. So it wasn't like I had little costumes for the shows that would happen at every family party, which is really funny. (laughs) And fun fact, when I was five, I was on Sabado Gigante in this. uh, (laughs) Okay, for you (laughs) listeners that don't know what Sabado Gigante is, it's like, (laughs) what, the price is right? No, no, no. No. It's a late night show. It's a late night show. Show, but it's yeah. super popular. But it was every Saturday, and you 
I mean, every Hispanic family was tuning yep. in. The highest rated yeah. show ever. Ever. I mean, and it was Don going Francisco on for is years. a legend, the host. Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. So I was on that show when I was five for this contest called Miss Chiquitica. And it was basically like, it was a weekly contest and there would be like four little girls and they would either sing or dance or lip sync. And I did that at five and I was just like, mom, I want to be famous or I want to be <laughs> a little singer or something. And I don't want to be famous now, but the, the, um, the accor- excitement. According to Zara, it's okay if you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, well, maybe more so because of like the privacy factor. Like I like somewhere in between. I like what we're I doing I get it. Now. Yeah, but yeah, I like yeah, what we're exactly. doing <laughs> still teach Vixen and you're out in front of people and you're still a performer so you're a performer yeah a performer and I and I love that and it's not um from a place of like or you know I want to be the center of attention I just love entertaining I mean even with my family my brother could tell you I'm like making jokes to make him laugh all the time yeah you have a sweet personality and very outgoing I like making people happy and laugh or or feel good so that was kind of I, I totally agree with that Okay, but it it sounds really easy what you guys are saying, but sometimes it's hard to find the code or that thing and then feel like you can authentically Mm -hmm. live it. Mm -hmm. How or when did you finally like fit in your skin and be like, okay, this is who I am. I'm cool with it. I'm going to go with it. Because I think that really takes time. And, And I don't know, Alex, if it's happening to you a little bit more now that we're getting closer to our 40s. I feel like, I am so comfortable in who I am, but that took time Mm -hmm. because, you know, you go through the teenager years and you want to be like your friends or, you know, what are my parents going to think if I like wear this lipstick or man, I really want to get that nose ring, but I'm going to get chancleta (laughs) over my head, you know, like, and now it's like you can authentically be you. Mm -hmm. But when was it that moment that it clicked to you guys? Like, oh, I'm finally living my most authentic life. I love that you use the term that you were very curious, but that I was curious about everything. I was curious about the world. So I traveled places. I was curious about art. So I tried to do art. I was terrible at it, but I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was curious about literature. So I studied different types from all over the world. And what I ended up realizing was that the curiosity was the thing that I was enamored with. The discovery of things was what I'm enamored with. And that's what I continue to use to drive me today is that I find that people are very excited to discover something new because it's a shareable moment that they can take to their family or their friends. And to be the person that actually is allowed to uncover that for them mm. is for me, one of the greatest joys. And that's when I went, oh, so because that's not something that you would think, oh, this is something that you, this is why I do would do this job. That wasn't the reason why I, I did this job. For me, it was about discovery and sharing that discovery with people. And so understanding my, finally understanding myself and what, how my mind worked, that's when that moment happened. And I, I feel like it was probably um, in my, mid-30s, because I'd been in the industry for a very, very long time, and I didn't think I had really anything to teach anyone. And once I made that realization, because a lot of my job is in education, that's when I went, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I love it. So good. So I actually feel that um, I've had like two moments 
where that's happened. The first one was when I was 23, uh, when I started working um, in real estate. I became like an active real estate agent, but more so was when the time that I met Vixen. It was right around. Everything kind of came together. I followed my curiosity um, and I, I led me to real estate and then it led me to Vixen and Vixen kind of like open Pandora's box for me because it was it was a space or it still is a space that encourages you to be yourself and to let loose and um I always I, since I was little loved the whole performing thing and whatnot and for um a while after high school I was on the high school dance team I wanted I had a dream of becoming a heat dancer and I auditioned twice and both times didn't make it through not even past the first round <laughs> Which is, is funny now because I I was so sad and hung up on about, about that. And then a year later or two years later, I met Vixen. And, and everything that Vixen had to offer me as first as a student and then as an instructor filled the void that I had from not dancing for a couple of years. So that really let me release and and express and and move and and meet people and connect with so many women that you know we got to learn so much from so many women and we connect with so many women there um after outside of the class we're talking and you're getting to know each other and getting to know people's stories and people would come up or still kind of come up to us after class and are telling us you don't know what I've been through um I've had an eating disorder or I had a, a bad marriage and hearing those things and then seeing them on the other side of now feeling good again. I was just like, whoa, life is crazy and awesome. And I'm so happy to be doing this. So that was a, the first moment that that happened and then kind of went through um uh, my father passed away. So that uh, two years ago and that was really hard and I kind of went into depression and it was really unexpected. So after feeling really on top of the world for like three or four years, I was like, this is really sad. And my heart was just hurting for a long time. And then um, about a year ago, I um, decided to finally start my blog. And then that kind of reignited me all over again. So for like two years in between, I was kind of turned off and, and shut off. And then starting my blog and, and, and getting out there again and kind of seeing the sunlight outside, it just kind of just restarted me all over again. And I feel like I, I have like two moments where I, it's funny because to me, it sounds like um, it's all connected to service. Like mm -hmm. how you find your authenticity. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. But Do you I think that? I also think that everyone goes through stages, right? Yes. So you're, you're evolving. Yes, exactly. You're constantly evolving. I'm, I'm now evolving into something completely new because mm -hmm. I was laid off from my career that I've been in for 16 years. And it's now I'm starting a new chapter of my life. And I'm 38 years old. And I feel like in the beginning, I freaked out. But now that I've had like time to really like meditate and do yoga and think and, and, and go through it. Yeah, go, we go through with the feelings. You have yeah. to go through the feelings. the feelings. If you don't sit with the feelings and work through them, mm -hmm. you're not going to get over that hump. Oh, no. And, and they'll come out twisted exactly. later. Twisted ways. Exactly. It'll yeah. always resurface. So until oh, yeah. you don't handle it, you're not going to move mm -hmm. forward. So… Everybody out there listening, it's okay if you're 30, 26 and you don't feel that you're moving on in your life. You're going to get there. Yeah. You just got to get through that hump. 
Yeah. And that's it. And, and it's around okay. yourself. Yeah. If you want to reinvent yourself yes. too. Mm-hmm. And find that. Age. And finally tap into that passion you're talking about, Zara. It's a leap of faith. Yes. You mm-hmm. have to leap so you can catch yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and the don't only let way. Fear, don't let fear intimidate you or keep you from doing what you want to do. Because mm-hmm. that's the number one thing why people don't live their happy, like authentic, happy life is because everyone's afraid what people are going to say. Can they make enough money? Mm-hmm. What What will their parents think? Because they went to school for something in particular and now they're sw- like, it's okay. Like, just be happy. The only thoughts you can actually hear are in your own head. So you might as well make those good thoughts yes. and empowering thoughts that are going to get you to where you truly want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just talking about the powerful stuff that Eckhart totally. talks about. Yeah. yeah, about being in the present yes, power and now. the power of now. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's just crazy to me that we have kind of built up so much what he calls the pain body because of us not ever trying to be just focused on what you can control. And all we can really control is the now. And how you react to the now. It's just so, it's so much easier said than done, you know? It is. But you know what? I feel that it's amazing. It's an amazing time to be alive. It really is because we have so many resources where years ago, the internet is like a gift and a curse. I guess. (laughs) Because years ago, even, even for my mom, when my mom was in Nicaragua, she didn't have, you know, Google to look up ways to heal trauma on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't that. And I feel that we have access to that now. Um, that allows us to find out things and and go down that healing path and figure out what you love. And, you know, it's just like resources outside of what maybe your pocket of life was before. No, so even connecting. I mean, we've all connected pretty much through the stories and social media and internet. So I feel like it's a gift and a curse. Absolutely. It's beautiful, though. Yeah, it's beautiful. Can you guys start... Just tell our listeners like your start in your career, exactly what you do, how you have evolved from then to now and, you know, how you have incorporated some of the things we talked about and and the code and and all the passion points that you guys have. So if you want to go ahead, girl. (laughs) Excuse me. So um, my career story starts right after high school. I um, was looking for a job while I was in college and... I, uh, my aunt was like, oh, there's a real estate agent in my office that needs an assistant. And I was like, okay, you know, fine. That's great. Um, fast forward five years, I was an assistant. I ended up being his assistant for two years, being the executive assistant to a commercial broker who was a woman who's still one of my mentors now and is a total badass in commercial real estate. Um, and she really encouraged me to get my real estate license. Um, at that point, I had been five years in the industry kind of learning from these really heavy hitters and these people that were doing so well for themselves and, and so much in the real estate industry. So I jumped to get my real estate license. And um, I wasn't even sure at that moment that it would be what I would be doing till now, you know, and every year that kind of passed, I I fell in love more and more and more with the industry. Um, After five years of being an assistant, I joined Lux Properties, which is the company that I work for now. It's a locally bred real estate firm, um, woman driven. My broker is another badass. So I feel like it's no coincidence that I've I've always worked for really strong women. Um, and I really started developing there as a real estate agent um, under under her leadership and 
What's interesting is that when I joined Lux Properties and became an active real estate agent, this was in 2013, it was around the same exact time that Vixen was starting. So both of those two things, Vixen and then Lux, the company, were both being developed and and you know, catching hype. And, and I saw these two women fight tooth and nail for their dreams. Uh, Janet with Vixen and Wesley, who's my broker it's, with Lux. It's so funny how we all just yeah. kind of know each other. Like, I mean, we had Janet on the yeah. podcast. Yes. And um, so it, it's crazy how I like everyone's connected back. in Miami. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're an instructor for Vixen. Yes. A master instructor of the Vixen workout um, and a real estate agent, of course. And about um, nine months ago, I started my own real estate group. It's called the Anout Group. Congratulations. And thanks so much. Thanks so what so does much. that mean? So that basically means that within a big firm, um, you have a group of people that you work with on the daily. Um, and I realized during my downtime where I had that kind of, you know, hiatus in life. Um, for a second, I realized that I really love to work with people very closely, intimately. Um, I feel I get energy from people. I'm motivated. It's it's almost like accountability, but not like accountability from a mean boss that makes you scared, but like accountability with people or from people that have the same goals as you and are like minded. And we don't always have great days. You know, there are some days where you're tired or you know, you're just having a bad day. And I love being able to have sounding boards with the people in my team um, and give each other that support, not only in, say, transactionally, but I mean, we we hang out a lot. We do a lot of fun things together. One of the girls on my team, actually, I met through Vixen. So it's just really awesome. You know, it's, it's really good vibes. And um, that just basically means that we work together. And um, I love it. I'm so happy. And I love everybody on my team so much. Is that what you love the most about your job is the working with the people? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I love people. I know that's like crazy. And so <laughs> I can tell. Like, you're you're always weird. in like a really good mood. Yeah. Like I see you're like, yeah. hey, girl. It, I swear <laughs> it gives me energy. Like when I see somebody and I see a smile, I'm just like, I love you. Like, Aww. I just love you. Yeah. And I love it because it's very authentic. Yeah. And it, you it know, makes, in Miami, you just never know. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, no, but I, I love it. And I I actually, um, I left my company now um, for about two years also. And really great experience. But coming back to the com- Lux has also reignited me because the environment there is so collaborative. And it's so, I mean, it's millennial. It's like, it, we have everybody, all age ranges that work at, in the company, but the vibe is so good. It's so, it's authentic. Everybody helps each other. There's no competition. I, we have so much support. So it's just, it's awesome. I feel good going to work, you know, good. versus like scared or intimidated. And So it sounds like you're in a good space. Yeah. Thank good. you. I just made the connection between the two things that you do because I was trying to figure out, I was like, they seemed so disparate. But both of them, you make people happy. One, yeah. you help people achieve their dreams in yes. buying like a dream home or a, yeah. a big property to create mm-hmm. a great venue or something like that. Yeah. And the other, you help people achieve like their heart mm-hmm. dreams to mm-hmm. heal themselves. And that make is them happy definitely and joyful. Yeah. They, well, I love that you pointed that out, but that's <laughs> definitely the common denominator. And those two aspects of both of my jobs. Vixen doesn't really feel like a job, but it's a job. But both of those jobs, it's like, that's what makes me the happiest about both of them and and why I've been doing both of them since they both started. So, wow. So you're still touching upon the childhood passion point, which is dance. Yes. 
So there you yeah. go. And you know what? Even with real estate, um, which is why I also love the company that I work at, um, is because they really encourage you to be yourself and to be, I mean, it's not a cookie cutter real estate company. I mean, we we post videos online of like properties sometimes with like the instrumental to like a biggie song, you know? So it's really it's millennial re- is very millennial. Millennials, yeah. yeah. But do millennials know about Biggie? Yeah, you guys know. About I'm Biggie. a millennial. Yeah, yeah I, I know, know about Biggie. <laughs> Everybody knows about yeah. Biggie. Yeah. Yes, girl. Biggie. Yeah. So I I use social media a lot to promote my business, and it's almost like a little show on Instagram. You know, so yeah, I, I, watch I get you. really creative. <laughs> I watch you. Some of those properties are really really good. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm like damn. I know. I'm like, damn, I want to buy that. <laughs> and then you were talking about the snacks the other day. Yes. I or went, it was today. It was, yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday. It was on still today because, you know, 24 hours. But yeah, I went to show property yesterday and there were snacks in the fridge. And the lady was like, snacks? And I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Cheetos, thank you. <laughs> the perks for sure. Yeah. So that's pretty much the story for now. And Live Play Miami, of course. Yes. That's like my baby blog. Love. Well, yeah, we'll get into yeah, that. We'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then also your philanthropic work because that was part yes. of the honor your code. Yes. You know, um, honor for you. Yeah. Also all the work that you do locally. Yeah. So what's interesting with that is that, um, I mean, and now we're getting more involved with like a specific um, organization. But from growing up, my mom had a catering company and so did my grandmother so it was kind of like it was like oh you too my parents have a catering company too. oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> my family like my grandmother and my mom had a catering company for years and around um thanksgiving and christmas and other times kind of in between my mom taught my brother and i since we were like five or really really little we would pack up lunches and we would take them to downtown and that was 25 years ago so downtown now is very different than downtown back then and there wasn't as many organizations that you know people were really involved with it was kind of just like something that my mom instilled in us and it it, and we didn't post it on social media. There was no social media. So it wasn't like a posting thing or a sharing thing. It was literally just going yeah. to downtown or going. We would drive around the roads anywhere, any street. And whoever we saw, we would give them a plate of food, a soda, and a straw. And, you know, their That's little beautiful. fork or whatever. So it really started back then from, from just like my family doing that. And um, it's kind of continued uh, through into my adulthood and I am working now on associating Lift Play Miami with an, an, owner, an organization sorry this delicious drink is it getting <laughs> to getting me to you? I'm like Whoa. I think I need another one look I already finished oh I have one I'm halfway through <laughs> it and I'm already stuttering <laughs> hey what are you putting in these drinks Zara yeah they're delicious <laughs> love and joy <laughs> cheers to that cheers, cheers to that yes, yes. ladies so you've been ingrained yeah. with the philanthropic like yes yes I, I really really have and I'm so appreciative to my parents and my grandparents for instilling that in us because we grew up around a lot of food and and there was always food in my house and my grandmother would open her doors and if you were coming to her house she wasn't just making you a little meal she was making you a spread and a lot of generosity um and that that I I just remember those moments giving people food and they're ingrained in my mind and I remember from a little being a little girl I would feel so happy you know, like it didn't it didn't register to me what we were doing as in like, you know, these people maybe don't have homes. I was just like the happiness in their face or their gratitude. And that was ingrained since I was very young. 
And um, yeah, I've been involved with some philanthropic efforts throughout uh, my adulthood. And we had um, the most recent one was an Ann Taylor one um, at the end of last year where we raised money for St. Jude Children's Hospital. We had a sip and shop event at the store, which we're having this Saturday as well. Um, but uh, we raised money for J- St. Jude's and it was like the most they had raised, I think, at the store. And it was a lot of fun because we... Um, meshed vixen with real estate and and saint jude and it was just like a big fun time for we something would love great to be a part of something like that yeah in the future. okay let's yeah, plan well, girl definitely maybe well, we could Saturday. even do like a live podcasting from the event or yes. something we always come up with ideas yeah. during our podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually yeah we commit to them and we do yes. them. We follow yeah, through. Them. let's talk girl okay. that's how we did do the it. vixen live episode yeah oh, because i we remember talked about i heard the podcast yeah and then it happened yeah. So good. It did happen and it happened real quick too. Yes. It wasn't a long so time. I think, you yeah. know, we obviously want to be tied and yes. we want to do more philanthropic stuff because yeah. I think, you know, not only like giving our voice, but I think our time for service, I think it it's just important. feels so good. Yes. Like if you're having a bad day. Yes. You think, go, you go serve somebody, and your day is different. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You you serve somebody, and your day is turning around because you see somebody in a less fortunate position than you, and whatever you're going through, you whatever yeah, complaint you have, door, and of course, nothing. yeah, and we have real struggles, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say, but we're alive, you know. So we're, we're alive. If we're ha- if we have health, that's even better, you know. So serving people, it's like. If you don't know your purpose, serve people. You're so right. Yeah. That just kind of like. And yeah, <laughs> it, it all ties back to service. Yeah. Service. Nothing makes you stop wor- worrying about your own problems when you're helping somebody else alleviate theirs. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I feel think so good. that's when you find your purpose too, because mm-hmm. your purpose isn't about like, oh, what material things I can get or because all those things are so volatile and mm-hmm. they can be here today and then gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm literally yeah and then you realize you know what like i can die tomorrow what has my impact been in for my family for my friends and for for humanity that that come you know and and sometimes you got to check yourself because you know life gets at you and then you're like oh i'm in a bad mood or Mm -hmm. complain and but then you realize yeah you get caught up but it's so minimal Mm -hmm. when you really think about big picture We're small. It's minimal. Yeah. It's so minimal. But Zara, I really want to know about your side of the world. Because I think, like you said, you didn't know that there was a lot of opportunity within this field. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't even know what a brand, a national brand ambassador for a huge company (laughs) like Cavassier does. Or how to get into the spirits world and how you got in it and how you've thrived in it and what your position entails. So, so there's so many things that get you to a spot like this. <laughs> um, one is, as you said, curiosity. Anytime I came across something that I was curious about, I delved into it. I leapt. <laughs> Sometimes maybe I shouldn't have, but I leapt. <laughs> but every time I learned something about myself, I knew that I could handle it and I built a stronger foundation for myself. For this particular position, what I do is I'm lucky enough to work with incredible people. Our national brand team is amazing. They are very collaborative as well. They uh, believe in both the, obviously the product, but they believe in each other as well, which is even more powerful because nobody can get to where they truly want to go or achieve what they want to achieve without each other. You're so much stronger 
two is stronger than one, three is stronger than one. When you think about a braid, it's so much stronger than a strand of hair. Mm, right. That's that. That's how we try and uh, think about what we do for our our company. Is that we try and make sure that we're we're creating braids for our community because our our brand it literally comes from a farming community. So everybody works together to make that happen. For me personally, I started off very young. Uh, my mother owned a beauty salon. It all starts with family again. Yes. And to, you know, when you're a young girl, I was an only child to keep me out of trouble. She would have me come to the salon after school and I would pick up all the towels and sweep the floor and bring the ladies their tea or coffee if they wanted something to drink. So that was my start in the hospitality industry. And every job I had after that was something in the hospitality industry. I ran a taco stand at a swap meet, an ice cream stand at the swap meet. I did uh, worked in movie theaters. I taught uh, etiquette to children. So many different jobs, but always something within the, the realm of hospitality and building different parts of myself that could be flexible in that world. I was curious, went to different countries and saw how they handled hospitality. And I went to specifically another curiosity of mine is literature. So I went and I studied in England and uh, you lived there in London for five years. I did. And um, I was studying and uh, learning about English literatures. My specialty is the modernist time period when you look at literature. So fascinated with that and philosophy. Um, But I my core passion was always hospitality. I worked in bars to pay my way um, and restaurants and Every aspect of that helped me understand what part of that world I was interested in. For me, it was the culinary approach. And I just kept finding the best place that I could work at in every city that I went to and made sure that where I was working, it was a place where they would teach. And I worked at some incredible places like Providence in Los Angeles is one of the places that really was one of the more incredible teaching kitchens I've ever experienced because they let me go to the farmer's market with them. They let me work in the kitchen with them early in the morning or help, you know, break down late at night. It was such a place of generosity, but you can't find that if you don't ask or if you don't push yourself and get beyond the fear, as you all were saying, of thinking that somebody might say, oh, you don't know anything. Of course you don't know anything. How else are you going to learn? You have to, everybody starts not knowing anything, but that was part of it. And instead of going out to my dream, because I just kept following my curiosity, my dream came to me. But how exactly did the, did you feel like your dream came to you? Mm-hmm. And how has that like I expanded had, over the years? I, because I kept working in these incredible places, I had my head down and literally working and um, I would look up. And different people would come and sit okay. at my bar and ask me questions. A lot of people, because I had studied and literature and that, they said, oh, what are you doing bartending? Like, well, this is what I love to do. This is my passion. And they were always shocked by that answer. But then um, this wonderful fellow called Johnny Mundell <laughs> came in and we met and chatted. Um, and at one point he asked me, he would always ask me for recommendations of people to work for the company. But then one day he asked me, Um, do you know anybody who um, knows cognac and speaks French? I said, how long do I have to learn (laughs) to speak French? (laughs) That's the right answer, though. You took a leap. That was the first time. But for me, 
cognac has always been something I was passionate about. And it was the first time he asked me for a recommendation for somebody that I was able to go. That's the one that I want. Okay. And so they, it literally came to you. Yes. And then you took that. Leap. Yes. So what exactly is your job entail? I go to hotels, restaurants, bars, um, any kind of venue, say if there's like a festival or something, and we are do education on history, traditions, process, methodology of making cognac. So I literally get to start with the formation of the earth and talk about the formation of the earth until we get to the liquid in the glass. That's wow. really cool. Remember when I said I was super curious and yeah. fascinated? Well, I, I'm, that's I'm how curious. I that love discovery. the cognac mm-hmm. on the rocks. And um, what? Okay. Can you tell our listeners what cognac is and how it's made? So this is always a surprise to people, but cognac is made out of grapes. So first it's a wine. So you know how difficult it is to make wine. You have to make good wine before you can make great cognac. So you have to wait. Say you plant a grapevine, you wait four years, it produces grapes. You can harvest those grapes and turn it into a wine. But cognac is the most regulated spirit in the world. There are two governing bodies that, so you can't get bad cognac. It's really about finding the right cognac for you. And finding a cognac that um, you have fun with, you enjoy, whether you're having it in a French 75 or having it on the rocks like you like. Um, I like it in an old fashioned. Um, it's completely dependent on what you're in the mood for because, you know, we're ladies. Sometimes we're in the mood for something different every night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl. <laughs> All the time, right? So that's what cognac can do because it's also an incredibly complicated spirit. So because it's made out of wine, wine is something that is, um, that it has t- literally taken the formation of the earth to create the soil that makes the grapes taste the way that they do. So depending on the region that it's growing in, that's why the grapes taste that way. So there's a reason why Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand tastes different, say, than if they're making it in South Africa. So what's the key to Corvassier's success? Because you've been working with them for such a long time and you're the brand ambassador. So what do you feel is that key ingredient? I think the key ingredient is that they really are a community. They have to rely on each other and look to each other. If you're going to spend so much time making a liquid that you're going to never taste in your lifetime, you have to rely on the person that comes after you. So our master blender, our previous master blender may have never tasted the greatest thing that our master blender now, who he had to trust to make the cavassier that we get to sip today. And is it, is it, um, Distilled? Is that the right word? Yes. Okay. Is it? Oh, it's I learned distilled. Something. So yeah. first, it's made into wine. That wine is distilled twice. Okay. It has to be done in a very specific sized copper still, and temperature, and definitely, and the alcohol content is very and specific. And somebody from that regular, remember, I told you, is super regulated. Yeah. Every step of the way, from the moment it gets planted into the ground, to Every step of the way, somebody has to be there to sign off on it. So you literally have a paper trail of proof that you have a quality liquid. And is it distilled in France or is it, has it locally? To be. Really? It has to be distilled okay. in Le- cognac. Every detail okay. needs to be done in cognac France in wow. that, that region for it to be called cognac. I like that. And it also keeps everything like local to that local, area. sustainable. Exactly. And authentic, how, authentic. Yes. And how has the spirits world evolved in like in the past 10 years? 
Do you see like a difference with like millennials and how they consume and what's the difference? Yeah, I think that they're, they ha- they care about different things nowadays. I think now people care more about quality over quantity. Yes, I and agree with you. Which agree. is why it's great yes, for millennial. Chinook, I'm looking at you. Yeah, girl. We're not yeah. looking at ourselves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. People are willing to spend a little bit extra and have a little less to make sure they have something that is incredible. Yeah, they care about the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And that's why cognac is having a resurgence today. Thank you, millennials. <laughs> yes. Because it's very, like, also very organic. Yes. It's, it's real. It, it's, well, it's literally because you can't add sulfides. You can, there, It's something that is incredibly authentic. Yeah. Love it. And, okay, it. how can we translate into, like, people listening that have their own brands? You work with such a longstanding brand. And what do you think would... It, besides the authenticity is there any other key factor that maybe people can take away for their own brands like you guys have been around forever too be transparent be honest Mm. make sure that if somebody asks you a question if if you feel like you can't answer that question maybe you're doing the wrong thing maybe you should be doing something else that's good I love it for any and so simple Mm -hmm. that answer yeah for any woman or any girl that wants to get into the spirits world If you're doing my job, you have to really know in detail, like to the minutia of what it is that you're trying to share with people. Because if somebody asks you a question, you have to be able to answer then and there. So your advice would be that if they're interested, (laughs) they got to study. They have to really know everything. In in one way, shape or form. It It depends on which thing that you like more. Yeah. So for me, I really liked the hospitality aspect, the liquid, the history, the traditions that happen with that. So that's what I wanted to be involved in. Even though I'd studied English literature, that doesn't necessarily translate to what it would be to work on the brand team. Right. What's your favorite cocktail? It really depends on my mood. I love all the cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. So, you know, it, it depends if it's really hot outside. Obviously, I love a French 75 served 1927. Right, what are we drinking that? right now? So right. Um, it's cognac, lemon juice, a little bit of sugar um, and champagne. And that's called the French French 75. 75. It was it. literally named after an artillery weapon that was from the First World War. It was like a big cannon that was very long and narrow, but it was the it was considered to be like the salvation of the allies from that time because it was the one weapon like the war actually had changed at that time. There were airplanes and like tanks and so they needed something even though they were still riding horses, they had they needed something to handle this new technology. And the French 75 was the thing that helped Whoa. turn the tide of the war. So when this cocktail came out, it was because that one thing could do everything and it was powerful that you only needed two and it would knock you out is how it, oh. how it originated. Wow, I'm not already. That's a problem. I'll take you home. <laughs> and, um, but I was going to ask you too, oh like, so I can just literally go to the bar and be like, can I have a French 75? And they'll know what to do. Yes. Most bartenders. If they don't, it's a problem. It is. It's a classic. It's a classic oh, cocktail. I going to be my um, thing. I always ask for it on ice, as I said, especially in Miami. It's a perfect place to have something that you can, like, if you're out, if you're out and having brunch with the ladies, it's something that you can have a little bit more of. It's refreshing. It's easy to drink. And when you have it um, up in this, I don't, I don't taste as much of the bubbles. I like that effervescence. Yeah, it's fun. It is. It's mm-hmm. kind of refreshing. What's your favorite cocktail? 
a French 75. I have been converted from whatever my favorite drink was. Yeah. This is my now favorite. I usually like lychee martini. So, but oh, okay. I think that this just took the cake. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm on the rocks, girl. Like, I like it. Let's get to the point. Let's do this thing and the, and authenticity because I feel like that's that's the most authentic. I bet you would love EXO on the rocks. Because Ooh, it has, can we have some right now? I wish we could. If they have it here, we definitely can. We'll ask for it. <laughs> well, Kavasi gifted us one of those. Yes, yes. yes. thank you. With our personalized engraved bottle, I just, have it. Just so you know, it's my personal favorite. Ooh, it's yeah. really good. I had it in one of my the latest episodes. So, yeah, I was drinking did. it. I haven't good. even opened it because I'm like I mean, beautiful. Yeah, bottle. I don't know. No, I did. I cracked it open. My name Let's get to it. Let's drink Gabby's and then we'll move on to the next bottle. Oh yeah, it could become a tradition. You have one with. <laughs> Each one when you market. But what okay, you've been on the Food Network, on the cooking channel, and making like cocktails? Like, so there's an art form to this thing. Like we just consume it as little We're just like consumers <laughs> and don't know that there's like a, a whole, whole story. Story. Yeah. Whole world it. behind me. There's a, a world of study to it as well. Like you need to understand um whether you're using scientific applications. Um, you have to consider heat, fat, texture, protein, so many oh different God, things when you're you using the products. Oh, Did yes, you see the yes. Netflix show? No, heat? it's in oh. my lineup though. <laughs> I'm really amazing. looking forward to that one. You're going to love it. And she's so charming. The host. I think it's uh, heat, salt, fat, acid, yes. or something like that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. you so have good. to watch it. And then we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's an art watch. form to it. You have to consider, because if you truly want a great drink, you need a balanced drink. But there's so many different ways of achieving balance. So one of the ways would be like, say, a culinary approach. You would definitely have to have very particular things like a balanced dish means you have to have protein and you would have to have starch um, and acid and spice and texture. So for a cocktail, you can still transpose that. So your base spirit, like say cognac would be your protein, your starch would be like your modifier. So if you had like um, some sort of a Cointreau or some some triple sec, you could, that would be your modifying agent. So that would be the starch. Your acid could be a citrus juice. Um, your spice could be bitters. And then your texture is completely based on how the, the service is. Because this texture on the this cocktail that's on the rocks would be have a vastly different texture than yours that you're having up. Right. Mm. Wow. Did you know all this? None of it. And I'm None so happy it. to be learning. <laughs> so basically, you're, tra- you're like transferring what we do with regular food onto a drink. Like so there's, good. But there's Which scientific so methods as well when you have to think about pH balance. You have to think there's, yes. Honey, so, and all we were thinking about it was having a little a good drink. Time. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds complicated, but I but love it. It's an art form. They do the hard work in the back for you. So when you come in, all you, you have to worry about is about the experience and so having yeah. now, if your drink is taking too long, you're like, okay, that's because they're, they're working, working on, on the, yeah. they're working on the protein. But, <laughs> no carbs. <laughs> keto drink no but that's so good keto though drink, that's yes. so good because i feel like there's an explanation why some drinks are delicious or or, or taste balanced and others are like mm, this yeah. a little but you know what, to one what side. i really love about the brand is the way it connects um through meaningful messages and mm-hmm. meaningful programs like honor your code yeah which we were all three of us were honored and we are so graciously so grateful thankful for it um 
And that initiative, you said it was just kind of started to celebrate Women's Month, obviously. You said that there's a lot of women. No, no we've been doing it for um, the Honor Your Code has been happening for a while. This particular one was because it was during Women's Month, we wanted to make sure that we had some incredible strong women to have there. We always have. Yeah, the Honor Your Code yes, is always. We yes. always have a woman and a man that are both doing good, solid work within the community. It's important because if you don't have a community, then what are you, like, you don't have a place to go out into the world. You don't have any kind of support system. You don't have a place of refuge. You don't have a place to go and eat, like this beautiful restaurant. So it, that is what is so important, is that community is actually what makes us all. It makes us who we are. And being part of that community is incredibly important to us. And I think that can translate to any industry. Yeah. I mean, because you you build community all the time, Shanae. Yeah. Yeah. Well, both between Vixen and real estate, it's the, it's the same thing. Um, I mean, Vixen is a huge community. And it's also, you know, having built it and it's just amazing. But I'm just like, I'm still odd at the drink. Right? Yeah. I'm like, wow. No. I'm going to go Google everything. So be I'm nice to your bartender yeah, because they're putting in a lot of work and effort on your behalf. They yeah, really want to make you happy. So much here we sense. thought that it was just so simple. Like just, oh, I know. add this, add that. No, there bad. is a science yeah, to it, ladies science. and gentlemen. Glad to have So you it. actually have a nonprofit called Art Beyond the Glass. And I was looking at the website and you've done a lot of events through your nonprofit, and you've raised a lot of money as well. We have done. Tell us and about that. I want to make sure I say we because um, there's a national board. Um, Daniel Jang and myself are the co-founders, but then Danielle Crouch and Alan Katz are national board members. And if it wasn't for all four of us working together, this wouldn't have happened. And it started off as a conversation and we were talking about how bartenders, the reason why that they don't work in an office is because they're not made that way. They're very creative people and they're artists or writers or dancers. And the person I was talking to was my co-founder, Daniel. And he said, really? Um, well, how, let's test that theory. And so we asked the bartender in front of us um, and his, his response was, um, like you asked yeah. them, what, what yes. do you do? I've, no, like, I, just, I just asked him, I was like, what do you do outside of this? Like, what are your interests? Are you artistic in any way? He said, yes, I got my uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts from Otis Design School. <laughs> he was literally an artist that had his degree in that. And then we went to, and he recommended us to go to a, a bar across the way. And that bar, um, there's artwork and a massive chalkboard on the sidewall. And he's, he also was a artist. He was a painter and he does street art and he's actually does large format art that's incredible. But based on that, we we just said, well, you know, we really should, there really should be an event that has, you know, that showcases these incredible skills that these bartenders have. And then we realized nobody else was going to do it. So we did it. So it's, but it's different types of art forms, right? Yes. So, so it's like singing, dancing, painting. Any, like anybody anything. who's going to be showcased though has to be a bartender from that local community. And okay. we do it in different cities around the country, but, and we make sure that there is a local team that handles it because every city is different. Their approach is different. It has to be authentic to that city. Right. We, that's like our, some of our core bedrock values has to be bartenders that are being showcased and it all has to come out of the local community. And all of the money that is raised goes back to the local that's arts amazing. charities. Because that's the one thing is that when arts are in your community, 
so many things like violence goes down people people really tend to bond over that and so they're less likely and plus people take in information in different ways and so they're more likely to figure out what it is that they want to do and actually support that the community that they're in so making sure that arts stay in a community is incredibly important i love that have you done any in miami locally or no not yet we're 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 hoping that um we've talked to a number of people here. here in miami that have wanted to do it so the key is is that it people just have to have their board together and we actually you know source all of the information we create like a deck for them and that's all they have to worry about is they they need to make sure that they have a team on the ground that is going to support their local community and they need to source their local bartenders. So the people that are entering um, your your event, yes. how, about how many artists do you get in each city? As many as want to participate, say like in Oklahoma City, you can either just make drinks and uh, create a really cool... So there's always a theme to every stand. That's cool. And um, that and that theme has to kind of either reflect the city or reflect some sort of art that is happening there. And you tie it in to a way of kind of connecting your community with that. And um, then the presenters, like, so we've had poets, um, stand-up comedians, Every form of art you can imagine. We've had uh, pop art being done. So mm-hmm. like a literal, Ooh, like, yeah. So there was these two incredible bartenders that created these frames and they made themselves paintings. You know, That's I cool. have an idea. Mm-hmm. You should bring that during Art Basel in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, perfect That's time. so perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And I'll cover it on the, the thing is, is, and as I said, <laughs> like the thing is, it has to come from the local community. We never want to put our mm. mindset into the place. It has to come up from the local mm. community. Okay. We right. want to make sure that it is authentic to the local city. That's the hardest bit is making sure that it is true and authentic to the city itself. I like that, that you more I like that you've stuck to that though. That's really important too, especially when you're passionate about something. Absolutely. It's, so that's great. it's hard to um, stick to that sometimes, but it's the those are the only two things That's that we code. say are our core values. <laughs> yes. Code, exactly. mm-hmm. And Chanute, I know you're doing a lot of big things here in Miami with yes. your blog. Tell us yes. about your blog, Live Play Miami. Yes. It's so good. Oh, thank it's you. really thank good. You so I, I was much. telling her earlier that I really, really oh, liked it. And the so video, happy. did thank you make you. that video in the homepage? Oh my gosh. So story, we made that on an iPhone. Really? What? Yes. Uh, my One of my best friends. We need to hire friends. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like everything is in-house. One of my best friends um, is so creative with video and she's actually on my group as well so it's kind of just like a one big happy family but she filmed that on her iphone um and then she edited it on imovie but you know we it looks good yeah it came out awesome and now we use um other companies i mean live media we use for videos and we use our lovely homie right here. Yes. Sebs. This Sebs, guy's so talented. Sebs. He is. You guys is. don't see we him, love but him. he is talented. Super cool, right? He did our videos for Honor Your Code. <laughs> yeah. And we look cool. fabulous. Awesome. I was Thank like, you okay, for that plug. Is that me? <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to Sam. <laughs> Shout out to the homie. <laughs> so tell um, us yeah. exactly what your blog is about. Yes. So Live Play Miami is a culmination of what I do on a day-to-day basis. That actually is what like Miami stands for, if you will. Live is for real estate and, um, you know, 
what's new in the community, what new projects. It could be a new listing. It could be just inf- sharing information about statistics in real estate um, and just everything relating to real estate. And then play is all the fun things in Miami. Um, and then I've broken them down to like subcategories. So there's real estate, there's culture, spirituality, and wellness. So everything, yeah. So it's it's cool because I've made those categories just to make it easier for maybe a reader to understand, but mostly because that's kind of like, Everything that I do falls under one of those categories. So real estate, obviously, that's my job. Culture, I love going out to eat, seeing new restaurants and shows or, or anything that that makes the community So thrive. much culture here. Oh mm-hmm. my God, so yeah. True. This is like a cultural hub. And I'm originally from Little Havana. So, I mean, culture is like, oh, it's ingrained. so... It's ingrained and I, I'm so proud of that. That's actually one of my codes is proud, you know, being proud of my roots. Um, and then spirituality is... You know, having spiritual connections and, and you know, doing the work to strengthen anything, you know, my spiritual, um, I guess, health, if you will. And then um, wellness is just, you know, what do you do to stay healthy, vixen, anything related to, you know, living a life full living of your best wellness life. and you, living your best life. You write your, yeah. you write everything. Yeah. Yes. You're a really good a, writer. Yeah. I was going to tell you that you as so well. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I actually, I love writing so much and I actually, it's easier for me to write than it is to speak. So, um, I was a little nervous <laughs> for the podcast because I- You're doing amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Natural. <laughs> Thank you. And you guys are so, I mean, you guys are amazing, but- <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, writing comes easier to me because I can really think about what I want to say and pose it in ways that people can register and understand the feeling behind what I'm trying to say. That sometimes when you're speaking, it doesn't come out as easily. So um, yeah, I write my own post and I'm incorporating now um, more videos to kind of go along with the posts. And um, when I first started Live Play Miami, about a year ago, so kind of around the same time you guys started your podcast, uh, it was mostly to be maybe like written blogs and my experiences in the city. But um, I've transitioned into making it more about the community. So I, which is why I was telling you earlier that we're kind of going to do a revamp um, and launching it in about a month and a half. Uh, I'll be announcing that on Instagram, but kind of making you heard it, it here that, first you heard it here first <laughs> dropped on ggb <laughs> so um making it so that people can collaborate and write like collaborating writers and and making it more so about everybody else and, and different voices and different voices so to start i wanted to kind of just go for it and i of course i'm like okay i love to write and i'm gonna do it and it had been a dream for like three years and because of fear because of it's not perfect. The logo's not right. And, you know, the color is not perfect. And just little things like that that really, like, paralyze you, you know? What I can say that I love about it is that you're doing a little bit of everything that you love. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to choose. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to choose one. Well, that was one of the things that kind of held me back from launching it because or or going not even launching it but committing to it because it's like you hear all the time stick to one thing because you're not gonna be good at everything and that has truth there's some truth to that absolutely but I I was stumped on okay should I just talk about real estate like I love to share I love people. I love to talk. I love to share. Even Instagram. I mean, f- social media from my, the MySpace days, I was out of my group of friends. I was the one on 
MySpace and like Facebook and not doing anything too inappropriate, but just <laughs> sharing. I love to share with people and I love to to hear what people think about things and just kind of connecting. And then of course our generation connects through social media and the internet. So it was kind of just like, well, where can I share what I think about things in the community or information that I want to share that is a bigger platform than just a caption on Instagram? So that's kind of like where the website came up. And also, like, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I highlighting Miami in a different perspective, because I think like when Miami, when people outside of Miami think of Miami, they're like, oh, party town. Or South but there's Beach so only. much, yeah. you know, um, just diversity yes. within the city yes. that isn't just... South Isn't Beach. just that. Exactly. And that is definitely, I love highlighting those things that um, people that maybe are not from Miami don't see, you know, because you kind of come to Miami and you think South Beach or you think like live, which love it all. But that's not the only thing that we have in Miami. Yeah, so we're it's a not doing pot. live. Unless <laughs> like my artist is performing. I am not. You're like, I'm not there. No. So I love it makes me really excited when something new opens or there's so many there's amazing so, restaurants like this one. Like, we're in um Cultura. Yes. Cultura. It's yeah. a restaurant yeah. here mm-hmm. in downtown Miami across the street yeah. from like American Airlines, the Perez Museum. The locations. The location is amazing. I never even knew that it was here. Same. It's a so Mexican like high end a beautiful yeah. restaurant the presentation's I mean, amazing yeah it is so those are the things it's like if I were to walk in here on my own and I'm like oh my god the decor in here is amazing I want to tell people about it it makes me really excited to share so that's kind of the inspiration or what inspired Lift Play Miami originally or initially and then it's kind of already evolving into other things and I just it, it feels really good to include other people. So can you tell our listeners like the website so that yes. they can go to it if they want to travel to Miami? We yes. have a lot of listeners all over the world. So. so actually, I have that on the bio of um, my Instagram. It's Miami for worldwide people. It's not only just for locals. It's not only for tourists. It's for everybody. Exactly. And that's what I want to show. So my Instagram is at Miami, And my website is www.liveplaymia.com. So can we do an event with Live Play Miami? Oh, Girls from yes, Boss girl. and Kavasi. Oh, yeah. Yes, Gabby, <laughs> you know I was going in. Gabby is going in and I love it. Yes, yes I absolutely. think we can come up with something really, yeah. really cool. I think that we, yeah, I think that we all bring something that can We're in magic. the same mode. I actually have yeah. an idea, so we'll talk Very about true. that. Okay. And I'm going to start following you. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I follow you on the Instagrams already, but to, to go to your website, yeah. because I come to Miami so much and I feel like I do the same yeah. things a lot and I come for work and I want to try and do yeah. something cultural every time I, I come. I love talking about the off the radar or off the beaten yes. path. Yes. Off the touristy places. Yes. More and of a local mm-hmm. like kind of experience. How I grew up. Like how I grew up. I grew up in this neighborhood called Shenandoah, if you know it or not. Yeah, I have no idea. It's literally, here. it's adjacent to Little Havana. Oh. Um, and my mom's catering business was on 8th Street and 12th Avenue in Little Havana, which back in the day was a heat up, to say the least. A it heat was, up. It was like, <laughs> kind of shady business. It was a little on. shady, you know. We couldn't really be outside after 7 p.m. in the business. So, so it's it, the hood? Not anymore. Okay, it, but it was. It it was like a in a fusion. Like okay. if you went a couple streets north, you were in the hood. Um, if 
you know, but now it's just amazing what's happened on 8th it's Street. It's amazing on what's happened to Little Havana. It's amazing mm-hmm. and it makes me so proud. And I think that I what I love the most is that all the investors and the developers and the people that have brought in all these new creative concepts to the area have really embraced the culture. I think and I pray and there's actually a blog post on this on um, on my website that talks about hoping and encouraging the people that come into the area to really continue embracing it and not changing it you know making it better and bringing new things that are going to better the area but not changing the essence because I mean that that is what Miami is Miami is not only ocean drive or and all of those places are amazing and I will be at all of those places I love everything about Miami but, but there's those little so pockets many hidden gems yes and that's really the beating heart of Miami it's all those little pockets that that culture you know it trickles into the bigger stuff you know even like this beautiful restaurant that we're in the first thing I saw when I walked in was the wallpaper with the like palm trees yeah. and the palm fronts and I'm just like yes I'm like <laughs> yeah, yes I took a picture tropical. of it and my friend's like where are you it's so gorgeous <laughs> I'm still in Miami though and I love when when um establishments or restaurants or, or any place mixes that like that Miami vibe with like a little modern or yeah. a little you know a little yeah. fancy and then it. the places that are little tiny holes in the wall I love it and it makes me excited I, and I'm I love excited to talk about, about it. Live Play Miami yeah. that's gonna be my little bible thank you yeah because girl. I'm always like wondering okay so I'm celebrating a birthday soon mm-hmm. and I'm like where do I go oh my god because yeah. I'm I go everywhere but I'm not a planner so I like people to give me ideas yeah and, I got um, you, girl. Sent me a text. Well, or come on. I heard about Miami. number three, the rooftop. Yeah, it's cute, right? And when would it's super a- cute? Approved. Mm-hmm. Okay, really cute. approved by Live Play Miami. Yes, totally <laughs> okay, approved. Okay. Totally approved. It's super cute. Really nice. I'm sure views. I can have a French 75 there. You can. If it's a rooftop, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's so pretty, and it, you get really nice views from there of like Wynwood, and you get like the downtown skyline. It's yes, really nice. love. So, but yeah, that's really what Live Play Miami is. And I just, I'm excited about the direction that it's going in, which is just making it more community centric. Not, it's like, I don't want it to be a blog about me. That's not what it is. I, to start it, it was like, okay, well, I'm the only person here. So let me just like, you know. And then you talk about real estate and all that. Yes. Stuff. Okay, all awesome. of that. All of that stuff. So, so and, it caters to a lot of demos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I really yeah. I had to think about that because I was like, how am I going to talk about all the things that I want to talk about without making it a blog that's only about fashion or only about food or only about, you know, without confusing people? Because it can get it, it can get watered down when you're not letting your your audience know what you're talking about. You kind of lose it. You you lose people. You I know? think you so, have to define who you want to speak to. Yes, and definitely. then your content will yeah. will come alive. Absolutely. It took a while, um, but I'm happy to have kind of discovered that, and and I'm happy to just continue evolving. Well, that's it. beautiful. Thank you. I think we're so grateful to have like really gotten to know both of you because I think the day of the honor your code it was like. We such were, an yes. amazing yeah. high lots that we were hugs. just and lots, lots of, of hugs, hugs. yeah <laughs> lots a lot hugs. of loud music yeah. Yeah. we didn't get a chance sure. to like no. really conversate no yeah. that's right. true we didn't have a chance to chat but there was like yeah. there was dancing yeah, yeah. Was there was good dancing <laughs> this is this is really and nice. you do that every month we try and do it every month or every other month um okay. it's dependent on if there's something important that's happening in the time frame if you know, a cultural event, uh, like say Art Basel, we definitely do that. Or if um, there's something uh, that 
uh, our community wants to be part of to support maybe and, and help do something good for the community and highlight people that are doing that work. Well, thank you. Thank you for the honor. Such yes. an honor. Right? It is literally You all did all the honor. hard work. All we had to do was come in and say, thank you for doing the hard work. Oh, well, <laughs> we appreciate you. Making the world a better place. And just to just, you know, wrap it up, because I think... Um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm having fun now. I'm having a lot of fun now. No, but I just wanted to see, like, you know, anything that you guys want to tell our listeners like maybe like a little advice of something maybe like if you learn something from some a mentor or somebody or just from life that maybe for them to just keep going follow your heart intuition like that that gut feeling that you get and that it pulls you follow that follow that be curious that's like the best thing today. Be curious. But that that's what I would definitely say is just follow your heart and do what you know and feel is right for you and is your truth. Live so, and play. Live and play in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. I would say um, be around the people that you want to be like. Mm. It's incredibly important that you build your own community that you see a reflection of yourself in. Because being with those people, being around people that are doing something positive or aiming to achieve their dream, they will ask you questions. They will, and they'll care about you in the same way that you care about them. But the fact that they are interested will help you face yourself as well. That's what we were saying earlier. Does it give you, like gives you accountability, right? It does. But this is also your friendships because you know that it's out of care. It's not out of just be like, oh, I'm doing this and you're not doing that. It's really, you need to be around people that you want your reflection to be like. That's the key. And that translates into relationships. Oh, yes. Not only just like friendships. Uh, who you, you know, I'm the single one here. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Same. So. Oh, girl, yes. <laughs> High five. Another no, French 75, please. But that's true. They say that we're like the five people that we're around the most. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And you don't even think about it because you're using the same language as these people. So it's programming your mind without you even noticing that this is, it's okay to do this or to sit on the couch or to just watch movies instead of being around people that are, actively pursuing what it is that they want to pursue. Let me tell you, this has given us life. Yes. Amen, <laughs> Alex. No, for sure. She's 100%. Like, I mean, especially through your journey. Yeah. No, th- this, I, yes. I don't know. That's a whole other podcast. It's like a brain fart <laughs> of like emotion. Yes. You know it. what I want to say, though? When you were talking earlier today about <laughs> your journey, it it inspired me that you were, you owned the yeah. fact that you were on that journey. Yeah. Like that makes it like, but you, she's but a you have to, you know, it, like if, you were just yeah. like, this is what I'm doing. What we go through doesn't define who we no. are. Right. And other That's people right. are going through it too. I'm not the first one to ever go through yeah, this. You know? Exactly. Yeah, they, and course. to have a support. Right. And yeah. when you talk <laughs> about it, life. you start getting a support system and you start finding right. out what other people start- are going through. And that's when you find out that it's not so bad. Exactly. You know what I mean? I love that. So it's okay. It's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Sebastian I'm so proud too. of her. He's like, yeah. I'm so he, he proud of it. you. And sometimes it. it's just the universe telling you you outgrew your old life. Ooh. And it's 100%. about finding I like that. Yes. And I'm brand new. Something new. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for my, my life the past 16 mm-hmm. years and what I did. And I love it. And I'll cherish every moment and every person I met along the way for the rest of my life. But I'm ready for something new now. Yeah. New chapter. 
but that's I mean the nuggets this conversation has been amazing what you just said is so true too because sometimes we get a nudge from the universe and the insecurity or the fear will lead you to believe that you're just actually not good enough or right. whatever the case but is. But we're going to break that and, of and course, tell ourselves a different that, story because that, tell ourselves a different story. It's programming. But if absolutely. I didn't have Girls Gone Boss as a platform to talk about everything and have connected with Gabby on a completely different level, a relationship has just really evolved over the past two years, actually. Um, I wouldn't, I, I don't know where I would be. So this has really, really changed me. So good. It, so thank you ladies for being a part of that change. Thanks for having because us. Because every single yeah. person that sits with us is a contributor mm -hmm. to our growth. Yes. Because this is a um, give and take. It's yes. not all about just us or all about just you guys. It's just a collaborative thing. Mm -hmm. And so we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, thank you so much. You. It's been Havasi. such a wonderful it's conversation. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we were actually so talking when you guys weren't even recording it. Really? Yeah, like, we oh, yeah. Really? It was like we were having a podcast before the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, please don't talk anymore. We're like, we got to hold it off. Yeah. But thank you it's so much. Um, have everyone know where they can follow you or yeah. anything else. So you can follow me on my personal page. S-H-A-N-U-T-X-O. Uh, Shanu X-O. It's a little hard. And Live Play Miami. Um, at Live Play Miami and at The Anout Group. Those are the three Instagram handles. Perfect. And then my website, which I said earlier. So for Kavassier, follow Kavassier USA. But for me, um, follow Z-X-E-N-O-S. And uh, that's my Instagram and my Facebook. So, so if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you guys. Yes, any advice, anything. Yeah. Perfect. Our Would listeners that. like that. And for any of you, you already follow us. So yes. Girls Gone Boss. <laughs> yes. The baddest. And if you don't, and it's the first time you hear about us, go to at Girls Gone Boss everywhere, all platforms. Right. You can listen to us on Spotify, everywhere. When One Radio, like, everywhere. So everywhere, cool. Everywhere. You so, guys are so cool. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you, everyone, it's for listening. Thank you. Till next yes. time. Ciao. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.